Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hey, Jake. Yes, sir. Did you know it is our anniversary month? How long have we been married? (laughs) No, the show. Oh. Yes. Yeah, I did know The that, show's actually. anniversary. We are turning six years old, and to celebrate that- We're going to first grade. We're <laughs> close. We're giving a discount on our Patreon. If you join the year-long subscription to the Patreon, you can get 15% off during the month of May. You can find out everything about our Patreon at patreon.com slash thecritshow, but all tiers for the month of May are 15% off when you sign up for the annual membership. Is that as exciting as first grade? You know, now that I'm kind of remembering back to first grade, that's far better than first grade. Rev here. Before we get into this week's episode, uh, I wanted to let you know that we do indeed have the RSVP for the Gen Con get together up. Uh, it is at the critshowpodcast.com slash Gen Con. It is limited seating, so if you would like to come, uh, make sure you sign up very soon. A couple things about it it is at the IRT, which is just across the street from Gen Con. It is on Saturday night from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. It'll have a little bit of a get-together, we'll have some drinks, and that's also where we will be performing our live show that night. Also, if you happen to be interested, it just kind of happened this way on Discord. Our theme for the evening is Oops All Damien's. Uh, so your best Damien O'Doyle, if you feel like wearing one, the classic coin Damien, a flapper Damien, a Wild West Damien, whatever Damien your heart desires. We will be following the Gen Con mask protocol, uh, so you do have the option to submit an image of your COVID uh, vaccine card if you would like to attend without wearing a mask. Uh, again, that is over at thecritshowpodcast.com slash GenCon. So make sure to head over there and sign up if you'd like to join us for a live show and a little get-together on the Saturday night of GenCon. Uh, next week, we will be back with a Season 3 Q&A, and the week after, we will begin Season 4. I think with that, it's time to get to the episode. Hey, everybody, welcome back. We are here with another one-page RPG this week. Megan, what have you brought for us? Oh, we are playing Potatoes and Molasses. Uh, so Potatoes and Molasses is a it's a love letter to Over the Garden Wall. Um, it's a lasers and feelings hack, and it was written by Swavomir Wojcik. Uh, you can find it at tentacletheory.itch.io forward slash potatoes dash molasses. Uh, and I will say that Tass and I had not seen Over the Garden Wall uh, until Megan told us this is what she was going to run. I'm so glad I watched it before we sat down to play. Same. Absolutely. If you have not seen it yet, pause the episode. It's like <laughs> maybe 60 minutes, right? Because it's like a little more, little more, it's not like, much. It's like 10, 10 minute episodes. Yeah. yeah. But it's on Hulu. I think it's also on uh, HBO. Uh, so I think you'll appreciate this much more. And it's a it's a great story. It has a, a wonderful voice acting cast, too. Yeah, absolutely lovely. At night when the lake is a mirror, and the moon rides the waves to the shore, a single soul sets his voice singing, content to be slightly forlorn. A song rises over the lilies, sweeps high to clear over the reeds, and over the bulrushes swaying, to pluck at a pair of heartstrings. Two voices, now they are singing, then ten as the melody soars, round the shimmering pond all are joining in song, as it carries their reverie on. Over the treetops and mountains, over the blackened ravines, Then softly it falls by a house near a stream, and over the garden wall to thee. Through a dense and beautiful forest, we are surrounded by the wonderful sounds of nature and see three young children walking down a forest path. Uh, Who is leading and what are you discussing? Uh, I am leading. I am a 10-year-old girl dressed in a cardboard robot costume, and we are discussing... Hmm. What time of day is this, Megan? Uh, I think it seems to be like early morning. Okay. 
we are discussing the different shapes that the clouds are making. And I am certain that the one that we see right in front of us is, in fact, a duck. It's not a goose. Wonderful. And uh, what is your name? My name is Hyacinth. Hyacinth. Beautiful. Uh, Okay. And who is it you're talking to? Who do we have following her here? Uh, She has her little brothers following her, I believe. Uh, One of which is me, Fergus. And I'm the other one, Rigby. (laughs) And we're seven. Yeah, we're both seven. Although I'm three seconds younger. Yeah, I'm the big brother. Uh, What do you guys look like? I am dressed up as a narwhal. And I have accomplished this by spray painting a plunger silver and sticking it to my head. And I have a white trash bag that I've cut holes in. And as we're walking, I am skipping my jump rope, my plastic jump rope. But it's really easy because it only has one handle. So I'm just slapping it against the ground and hopping. Uh, And I am dressed like a cowboy. I have uh, a pair of big waders on. And then into the waiter, because they go they go really high, my gun is tucked into the waiter that's almost at my hip. And then I have a vest on and a hat. All right, wonderful. And so part of uh, character creation here is you guys have a couple of things on you. So a makeshift Halloween costume, um, a stick, a random object that fits in your pocket like a toy or small pet. So Fergus, that's your jump rope, I'm assuming? Yeah. And uh, Rigby, you have the squirt gun? Yes. Uh, what do you have, Hyacinth? I have a roll of duct tape. Oh, what do you use that for? Because the antenna on my robot costume keeps falling off. Excellent. Uh, and the last thing you guys have on you is... Uh, Duct tape is a kid's favorite toy. <laughs> <laughs> my nephew's it's my favorite. It. No, it's the small pet. Oh, I see. Oh, there you <laughs> it's go. got a pair of googly eyes on it. <laughs> it definitely does, probably because one of you stole it and put googly eyes on it. <laughs> Uh, And the last thing that you guys have on you is some candy. So specify what kind of candy you guys are each carrying. I have a bag of gummy bears. I have Big League Chew Bubblegum, of course, uh, ground ball grape flavor. Uh, My vest pockets are filled with loose sixlets. Uh, And that's actually how (laughs) her duct tape has eyes, is that I've stuck two sixlets to the side of it. (laughs) It looks very surprised. It looks very surprised. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, as you guys are walking in your costumes and pockets full of candy, uh, talking about the clouds, you're trying to make your way through these woods. Um, you know, you're not quite sure how you got here or what's going on, but you're you're trying to find your way home. So uh, as you continue walking down this path, um, you can see something up ahead in the distance. And as you get closer, you can see a snail uh, about the size of like a remote control car, maybe um, making its way down the trail ahead of you. <gasps> Look at the size of that. And I'm sprinting towards it. Fergus! I'm going to run after him. I will follow, but I'm making a, a jangle sound with my with my boots as I go. Like I... <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, Fergus, you run up and you, it does not take you long. The snail is not very fast. So you, <laughs> you make your way up to him as he's just making his way down the trail. Hello, snail. I didn't think that you were going to outrun me because you're very, very slow. Oh, hello. What? 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 Can I help you? I, I don't know. Uh, uh, okay. And it turns its head forward and continues to walk <laughs> and continues to crawl down the trail. Did you guys hear that? Fergus, we're not supposed to talk to strangers. Well, but animal strangers aren't supposed to talk back. That is true. What do we do about this? I want to walk up to the snail. Where are you going? Uh, I'm making my way through the forest. Huh. Okay. Um, we're trying to find our way home. We seem to have just kind of ended up here. Do you know of someone who might be able to help us do that? You're you're lost? Yeah. Oh, that's that's not good. I know. You're you're in danger. Why? Well, well lost travelers in these woods. I mean, that's exactly who the beast looks for. What beast? Like, but you're a beast? <gasps> How dare you? I realized that I have committed some sort of interpersonal atrocity, and I apologize. I'm talking about the capital B beast. You've never heard of the beast before? No, we're new here. Oh, oh, the beast is awful. The beast captures travelers and and forces them to do his bidding. You need to get home as fast as you can. Well, only lost ones? Only lost ones. Oh, well, we're not lost because we're with you and you know where you're going. We're, we're going with you. Where are you going again? Well, actually, I do know where you can go to be safe. It might be a dangerous road, but 
if you can get there soon, I think you can do it before the beast gets you. All right, where where can we go? Where is safe? If you continue down this path, make your way through the chrysanthemum flower garden, past the old applesauce estate. Deep within the heart of this forest lies the ruins of a small town where a wishing well is said to exist that can make dreams come true. So if you wish to find the way home, the well will surely show you the way. Okay, chrysanthemums, applesauce estate, wishing well, right? That's right. Okay, and just down this path? Yep, just follow it straight. Don't step off of it. The beast will find you. Oh, I think that'll be okay because we got Hyacinth is such a good leader and she can know the way and lead us. And Rigby is such a good protector and will keep us safe. And I will befriend everything that we cross. Except the beast. Right. Do you have a penny? Did someone have a penny? Um, no. Mm. I don't have pockets. Yeah, me neither. I got these boots, though. I don't think I got any pennies in here. Well, what do you need pennies for? The wishing well. Oh, no. The well doesn't take pennies. Oh. What What does it take? What's it take? Well, there are a lot of different rumors, but it's said that you have to give up something dear to you. I don't know exactly what that means, but maybe somebody there can tell you. I will give up Hyacinth. Fergus! I, yeah, because you're so dear to me. Yeah, okay. Uh, thank you. Um, what's your name? Uh, My name is Gray. Hi, Gray. I'm Hyacinth. These are my brothers. It's very nice to meet you. Um, do you want to, like, go with us? Like, you can ride on my foot. Oh, that's very, very kind of you, Fergus. But we all have to make our own journeys, and mine is just a little slower than normal. Okay. I can walk real slow if you want me to. No, Fergus. We gotta get through the chrysanthemums before the beast gets to us, remember? Okay. (gasps) Are you safe because the shell is your home so you're never lost? That's exactly right. I gotta get me one of those. I do recommend it. It's a very good way to have. As he said that, I've stepped towards the side of the path to just pick up piles of leaves to jam them up in the back of my uh, trash bag, like like a little shell. (laughs) (laughs) I am watching him so carefully to make sure that he does not step off of this path. All right, boys, shall we? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Don't go off the path, okay? Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's go. I'll start walking. All right, so you continue down this path. Uh, you travel for a while, and the wind blows past you coming from the front of this path, and you can hear a faint voice on the wind that just says, you're heading the right way. Thank you. That's good news. Who said that? Oh, I assume the other snails. Huh. You keep walking down this forest path for a while, uh, and eventually you come to a clearing that has a small pond, um, and there is a tea party happening. You can see this beautiful flower garden full of chrysanthemums um, and there are tables everywhere and you can see that there are a lot of folks here. They are frogs, uh, but they are dressed in suits and brightly colored dresses with hats and gloves and little parasols. Uh, There are little frog children riding on like roaches and delicate fly sandwiches are stacked on plates next to teacups. I feel underdressed. I don't know. I I think we look way better than them. Those look stuffy. Don't say that too loud, Fergus. Okay, which one of these do we think is the beast? None of them. They all look like frogs. What are, I'm confused about the beast thing, because these are beasts, and that's a synonym for animals. Yeah, but remember, we're talking about a capital B beast. Yeah, so probably a huge B. Okay, like a necklace with a B on it? I mean, maybe that's what it's wearing. Okay, I'll look for that. Oh, then you know it means business. It's like a six-foot bee with a big gold bee necklace and sunglasses, spitting fat beats. (laughs) (laughs) Rigby's always the coolest one of us. (laughs) And I turn and walk straight into the crowd. Uh, You turn to enter into this party, and uh, you hear a whistle. And a frog dressed in like a little doorman outfit uh, puts his hand out and stops you. And says, uh, "Excuse me, you can't enter here." <gasps> okay, did I? Am I supposed to have an invitation? Uh, yes, actually, you are. This is the tea party. It is the only safe place from the beast in the forest, and no one is allowed to pass through until it is over. Okay. Well, how do I get an invitation? Oh, well, you would already have had one. Oh. Huh. Oh. I know, I, I've seen Dad do this before. And I, I wink at Hyacinth, and I walk over to the frog, 
and I stick my hand out to shake it. Uh, okay, so go ahead and roll for me here. So uh, you're, I'd say this is you're doing something risky because you've already been told you can't enter here, yeah. and you're trying to make your way past. So okay. uh, rolling in this game, you each have a, a number. And so your number is from two to five, and a lower number means you are better at molasses, which is being daring and exploring, risky, unorthodox solutions, chaotic, magical world, belief, and intuition. And a higher number means you are better at potatoes, safety and comfort, well-tested traditional solutions, orderly, ordinary world, hard work, and reason. Uh, So Rev, what is your number? Uh, My number is two. All right. So you are better at molasses. Yes. Okay. So... When you decide to do something risky, you're going to roll 1d6 to find out how it goes. Okay. You would roll an additional dice if you're prepared and another dice if you're skilled. I don't know. Would you say you are either prepared or skilled in this situation? I'm prepared for what I'm I'm trying to do. Like I, it's something I've seen done. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get that. <laughs> so I'd say that this is potatoes that you're using to make this roll here. Uh, so you want to roll under your number. So go ahead and roll 2d6 for me. Okay. A five and a two. All right. So yeah, this is a complete success. What does this look like as you reach your hand out to this doorman frog? Uh, so I, I shake his hand and I say, it's very nice to meet you. I understand that there may not be openings, but if you could maybe check again. And when I take my hand back, the frog has a handful of loose sixlets. <laughs> I, have, I have slipped them to him in the handshake. <laughs> Excellent. Um, You see his frog eyes go wide as he looks in his hand. And in just the quickest of flashes, his tongue darts out and slurps all of them up at one time. Um, (laughs) Mood. (laughs) (laughs) And he he looks at you and he says, enjoy the party. And he steps by and lets you through. Uh, And I think your your special insight you get as you all make your way into this garden party um, is that these frogs are fancy as hell. Yeah. And uh, you're not exactly dressed for the occasion, being, uh, you know, a cowboy and a robot and wearing a trash bag. (laughs) A narwhal. A narwhal. Very much. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said you were a trash bag for Halloween, sir. <laughs> no, I am a trash bag usually. <laughs> but this year Just I put a plunger on, on my head. <laughs> not on Halloween. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so the insight you get, I think, is that it might be wise to make your way through as quickly as possible before anyone realizes you don't belong. Okay. Uh, and so I, I will turn. I, I think we probably shouldn't stay here. They, You remember when we went to the place and they were like, you can't be here without jackets and then they made us wear jackets from the dusty closet yes it's like that except they don't have anything that's gonna fit us okay uh i'm gonna grab a hold of both of their hands and try to lead them through this tea party Ah. all right so you grab their hands and you lead them through this tea party and i think uh you get through the center uh, pretty easily, and you can see that there's a a really pretty gate that swings open to the side at the other end. Uh, but as you get closer, you hear another whistle as there is a guard on this side and clearly spots that, that you don't belong. Uh, and as you turn around, you see something a little different. Instead of a frog that is dressed up in just finery, you see a giant frog come out from around the corner of one of these tables and begins to hop towards you. It looks at you menacingly and then opens its mouth to reveal a smaller frog inside. <laughs> a double frog! <laughs> uh, this smaller frog inside has a baton in its hand and starts slapping it against its other hand. Uh, and you are able to realize that something bad's going to happen if this frog gets to you. What do you do? Uh, I got this one, and I want to take a step forward. I would like to bribe you with candy. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, yeah, I'd say this is pretty risky. Go ahead and... Uh, oh, no. We've seen this move once already. Uh, I feel like when Rigby did it, it was definitely a potatoes move because it was, you know, tr- trying to slip someone a bribe, uh, a bit more of a traditional solution uh, that he had seen his parent do. Uh, but this does not feel like the same situation. I feel like this is far more molasses That's absolutely fair. Okay, and uh, what is your number? Four. All right, so you want to roll over your number. 
So would you say you are either prepared or skilled for this? I wouldn't necessarily say prepared. I do think skilled because it is literally my goal in life to befriend strange creatures. I love it. All right. So give me a 2d6 and you want to roll over a four or a four exactly. Okay. A five and a one. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So you you barely manage it here. Uh, I think what happens is you hold out your candy. What is your candy again? Uh, Big League Chew Ground Ball Grape Flavor. Perfect. So again, quick as a flash, you see a tongue dart out and grab this purple bubble gum. Uh, I don't think this frog is used to chewing bubble gum and it starts freaking out as uh, its mouth is just essentially glued together with this uh, <laughs> bubble gum and it, it lets out a big and a big bubble comes out and uh, explodes and there's a loud pop and everybody in this party turns to stare at you. And you can see they start angrily moving towards you. Let's go, let's go, let's go. I want to try to grab both of their hands and start heading towards the gate out of this party. Uh, yeah, okay. So go ahead and uh, give me give me a roll for this. Uh, okay. I feel like this kind of falls into the safety and comfort uh, land of potatoes. Would you agree? I would agree. I would also say that I am skilled at corralling my brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. And what is your number, Kim? My number is five. Wonderful. So you are using potatoes and you want to roll under your number. So would you say you are just skilled or would you be able to say you're prepared as well? I would say that I was prepared. I've been I've been leading them through this party thus far. I agree. So I think that you are going to give me 3d6 and you would you want to roll either a five or under. Okay. That's three successes. All right, you get a critical success. Uh, you are fully prepared. You know exactly how to get these boys out of a difficult situation. I feel like this is not the first time they've done something at a party where everyone descended on them and you were able to whisk them away to safety quick enough. Um, and you just scoop them up under your robot arms and you hop <laughs> over the fancy fence at the end and book it into the woods. I think I just, I scoop them over and I like chuck them over the fence one by one. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> And as I'm spinning in the air, bye, everybody. I would like to see you again someday. Fantastic. So, yeah, you get away completely free from this frog tea party and uh, continue to make your way through the woods. Uh, I think you're walking for a little bit again and another gust of wind blows through the trees and you hear you hear the voice again. Keep going. Who said that? Thank you, snails. Uh, you don't hear anything else, but you you continue to make your way through uh, the sun goes a little higher in the sky. You see some more clouds, and I think you have a bit more of a conversation about what the different clouds are. And after a while, I feel like you uh, you guys might be getting a bit hungry at this point. I think all you kind of had is candy, and it's not really uh, it's not really filling you up. But you do um, you do come to a, another clearing in the trees, and you can see this beautiful large estate on these wonderfully kept grounds. Whoa. That's a big house. This person must be really fancy. Oh, fancier than the, the frogs? I don't know. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> well, it looks like it, because all the frogs had was, like, fancy clothes, but they were just in the middle of the dirty woods. Huh. Is there a sign anywhere, or, like, a is there a name for this estate? Uh, if you want to get a little bit closer, I think you can see kind of a, a nameplate in writing over the, the front door. Sure, I'll walk up to it. Uh, so as you get closer to this building, you can see in large fancy script letters over the top, it says Applesauce Estate. This is the place that the snail mentioned. Do you think that they grow applesauce here? Maybe. What's an applesauce tree look like? Applesauce doesn't come from a tree. It's a root. Oh, okay. <laughs> you have to shovel applesauce out of the ground. Okay, that makes sense because... Then this shovel's like a spoon. Yeah. But you know what's with applesauce? What? Pork chops. <gasps> I bet there's pork chops here. Oh my gosh, let's go. Oh, Rigby, don't say pork chops. I'm so hungry. Well, it's a big house. They might have a big kitchen with a big pantry and big pork chops. From overhead, there's a balcony that hangs out uh, and you hear a voice from the top of it. Who is down there? Fergus. Back, back up so I can see you, please. And I'll back up a little bit, and I'm waving. 
Uh, you see a very fancy man in a very fancy hat uh, leaning over the edge of the railing of the balcony. He's so fancy. He's so much fancier than anything. Uh, sir, are you fancier than frogs? Why, of course I'm fancier than frogs. I am Sir Jonathan Livingston Applesauce. How nice to have you on my grounds. Is there a dress code? Because I'm a cowboy. <laughs> Oh, that works just fine. Oh, it's so good to have visitors. We're trying to make our way to the wishing well. Are we going in the right direction? Uh, yes, you are. But please, come inside. You must be starving. How many pork chops do you have right now? Oh, well, I don't have any pork chops, but I do have hamburgers. <gasps> Those are like littler pork chops. Yeah, they're like better pork chops. <laughs> okay, let's go. Please, come inside up to my parlor. Okay, we're going to have a quick lunch, and then we got to keep going, okay? Okay. Earlier today, you said not to talk to strangers, but let's go have food anyway. Well, he introduced himself to us, so he's not a stranger anymore. That is a good point. And at least he wasn't a talking animal this time. Yeah, nobody's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Mood. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so you guys go inside and uh, you start making your way up a staircase to the, the balcony where he was. And you can see this place is hella fancy. You've got vases and urns of all sort on pedestals and portraits and I don't know, other things rich people have. <laughs> uh, and you make your way up and you enter into the parlor where he is sitting at a long fancy table and there are plates of hamburgers and cheese crackers just laid out welcome join me join me please hello mr applesauce thank you for inviting us in and i would like to have some of these hamburgers please he steps out from behind the table and you can see that his leg is in a cast and he says oh please i would love to serve you but help yourself i can't move that well oh gosh what happened Oh, I was going down to feed my babies, and I tripped and, and broke my leg. It's fine. I just uh, I just can't walk that well anymore. I think you have to feed babies regularly. Are you still feeding them? Oh, well, I try to get people as they pass by to come in, and, and nobody seems to want to stick around for the job. But, uh, oh my, would, would you feed them for me? I'm not really good with babies. Uh, we gotta get to the wishing well, but we could feed them, like, one time, and as, like, a thank you for all of these hamburgers. Oh, I would appreciate that so much. Would you like to see them? Okay. Can we eat a hamburger on, on the walk? Why, of course. Help yourself to anything at the table, but you can see them from over here. And he leads you to a, uh, an overhang balcony on the other side of the room. Was I supposed to wait until he said that and start eating his burger? <laughs> Chew your food before you speak, Fergus. Um, okay, let's go. Uh, okay, so he leads you to a large balcony overlooking a beautiful indoor garden space, uh, complete with trees and bushes and shrubs. And down among the grass in the flowers and shrubs, uh, you see what seems to be two giraffes, uh, although one of them is gray and the other one is black and white. Uh, as well as what looks like a very large nest made of cotton. Okay, so I see the little garden. I see the weird giraffes. I see that thing, but I don't see any babies. Where are the babies? Oh, these are my babies. They're my pets. Oh, the giraffes. Okay. <laughs> Hello, giraffes. I'm Fergus. Hello, giraffes. I'm Fergus. Uh, it's quite a ways down. You can see that the ceiling is this, like, beautiful skylight so it's it's very well lit it looks very very nice but it does seem to be quite a ways down to the ground uh and he says oh children uh you can see why i broke my leg it was quite the walk and i'm getting older it's not as easy for me to make the walk anymore but if you wouldn't mind taking a basket of food down to them and, and feeding them i'd be more than happy to help you on your way and maybe even give you something that will help that seems like a pretty good deal okay where's the food I think as soon as the three of them, like, turn their backs, I throw my hamburger down at the giraffes. Because <laughs> I, I want to see if they'll catch it. You watch it fly down, and you think it hits the ground, but you're not quite able to see. It's quite a ways. Yeah. <laughs> I turn back around and, and follow them. 
Uh, he leads you back into the parlor and he pulls out a very large basket and fills it to the brim with hamburgers and crackers. And he leads you to a large metal spiral staircase that descends down several floors. Uh, so do you do you take the basket from him? Uh, yeah. yeah. Is it is it big enough? Like, am I able to carry it? Uh, yeah, I think so. It's it's like one of those really nice large baskets that you would take like on a picnic. Okay. But it is full of hamburgers and cheese crackers. So it might be a little heavy. You might, guys might have to do some teamwork here. Hamburgers and cheese crackers. Help me carry this basket, you slackers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. I'll help on one side, but the burger is... Uh, balanced precariously on the corner and I'm taking bites off of it. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, so you take it down these stairs and it's quite a walk. You realize that this garden space was far down below where you were and you come across a large door with the words Applesauce Menagerie uh, set into an archway above it. Once inside, uh, you see a small stone pathway with large flowering trees overhanging and leading back into the garden you saw from above. Um, so as you make your way through this path, who's stepping out first? Me. Uh, so clearing the path and stepping out into the sunlight, streaming through the expansive ornate skylight in the ceiling above you, uh, you feel the ground start to shake as you turn and realize that what you thought was the neck of a giraffe was actually the tail of a enormous cat bounding towards you. Oh, gosh. There are some reflecty parts on my robot costume, and I want to try to, like, move one of my arms so that it catches the light and try to see if I can use it like a laser pointer to distract the cat. I love it. That's fantastic. Uh, I think that this is kind of chaotic and and daring, would you say? I would agree, yes. Uh, This is a molasses move. Uh, Would you remind us of your number? My number is five. Okay, so you want to roll over your number. Uh, I'd say you're definitely prepared for this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Would you say you're skilled as well? I don't think we have a cat. Okay. Uh, So give me a 2d6 and you want to roll a five or a six. A five and a one. Oh. Excellent. So uh, you rolled your number exactly. So you have potatoes with molasses. Uh, You get a success and you get special insight into yourself, your emotions and growing up. And you can ask a question and I will answer you honestly. Hmm. Um, What can't I see about Mr. Applesauce? Uh, I think what you couldn't tell at first, but maybe you kind of noticed and it was in the back of your head is that when you said you were heading to the wishing well, uh, something lit up in his face like... He was very glad to hear that. And I think you can kind of infer that it it's because he thought that he could help you in a way that he knew he could get you to come he- down here and do this for him. He felt like he could convince you because he has something that you're going to need. Okay. Uh, okay. So, yeah, you lift up your arm and you reflect it at this cat and the light bounces off and uh, it lets out a little cat yelp, but it like lays down on the ground and rolls over uh, the other two of you. Fergus, you see the other thing you thought was a giraffe is another giant cat, this one fluffy and black and white, and it runs over and starts licking your face. But these are giant cats. They're like 10 feet tall. This is my dream. (laughs) The cotton nest you had seen from above uh, begins to stir in the distance, and you see a head rise up from the center as the entire nest unfurls, revealing itself to be a 10-foot tall schnoodle, sniffing the air before its eyes settle on the basket of hamburgers, and it gives a little bark before running over and knocking you over, Rigby, (laughs) clearly wanting to play. (laughs) Okay, well, I've got a plan here, because these things need to get fed. So I think as I'm getting licked, I'm going to get my stick out. I usually keep it, like, down the back of my shirt, like, under the trash bag. So I'm pulling that out quickly. I'm tying the loose end of my jump rope to the stick, and I'm going to take a burger and jam it onto the dangling handle of the jump rope. And holding onto the stick, I'm going to lash it out so that the the burger on the string is being dragged back and forth in front of the cat to taunt it. Excellent. All right. This feels like another molasses move from Fergus. Oh, goody. Uh, So one more time. Fergus, what's your number? Four. All right, and you're using molasses, so you want to roll over your number. So you want a four or higher. Uh, I'd say you're prepared for this. You've got your jump rope and the tools you need. Yes. Would you say you're skilled? 
I don't think so. It's established. We have no cat. I think I've just seen this in videos. <laughs> All right. I love the idea of Fergus watching YouTube videos like over and over, like going down a rabbit hole of just YouTube videos of watching people like lead cats around <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> with snacks on strings. Uh, okay. So give me 2d6. Okay. A four and a five. Nice. Fantastic. So both of them succeeded. Uh, and you got potatoes with molasses. So that is a success. And you get special insight into yourself, your emotions, and growing up. Ask the GM a question, and they'll answer you honestly. So, okay, the question I would want to ask is, how should I act to get them all properly fed quickly so that we can go? I think you are realizing that these guys are hungry, but they also really want to play. So you need to kind of override their desire to play and cuddle with uh getting the food in their face as much as possible. Okay. Uh, I think as I'm dangling this food, like I'm doing the thing where I'm, you know, making sure it's playing a little bit, trying to wear it out. And then once it gets a paw on the burger, you know, I yank it back so that it has the burger. And then I'm quickly putting another one on and dangling that one out. So I'm trying to, you know, put them both together, the game and the feeding. And I'm kind of yelling that to the others. Get the food in their faces. Get the food in their faces. Okay. (laughs) I think I'm trying to follow Fergus's lead, and I still have one of the cats with my makeshift laser pointer, and so I'm trying to throw hamburgers on the ground and then direct the cat to those burgers. Awesome. All right. And Rigby, you have this giant white noodle that is coming over and is barking and trying to play with you and keeps running into you and knocking you down. Yeah. Uh, I, I try to jump up and like climb onto its back and ride it around like a horse. <laughs> Yeah, Rigby lives here now. <laughs> this is this is Rev's dream. Yeah, absolutely. The giant shingle. Um, Okay, so go ahead and give me a roll for this. Okay. I feel like this is definitely some molasses energy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm not prepared for this. <laughs> and, would be. Uh, Are you skilled as a cowboy <laughs> in climbing, mounting, and riding? <laughs> you know, I... I the argument I would make in being skilled towards it is that I'm sure that I've tried it to everyone larger than me since I've had this costume on. <laughs> I, well, I feel like there's probably a reason you picked this costume. Yeah. Uh, I will I will absolutely take okay. that. So go ahead and give me 2d6. Right. And what was your number again? Two. All right. So you're rolling with molasses. So you want to roll over your number. So you want a two or higher. A six and a three. Nice. Nice. Excellent. So if two dice succeed, you do it well. Good job. Uh, yeah, so tell me what this looks like. I, I'm just on the back of this doodle shooting my squirt gun at the cats, helping like corral them uh, and like getting it to run by the basket and eat some of the burgers. So I'm exercising it and it's eating. Outstanding. Uh, wonderful. Well, I think you guys have all succeeded in this. So I think that these animals play with you for a while, but they are hungry and you have brought them food and kind of worn them out and they get a nice snack and then they all just kind of curl up together and take a nap uh, and you guys are able to to go back. I have a question, Megan. Sure. How soft were the bellies of those cats? Um. So like, you know, like a normal cat, how soft it is? Yeah. Like even more so because it's gigantic. <laughs> oh, I never want to leave. Uh, yeah. So you guys are able to head back upstairs to the parlor. So that is what I would call a pretty textbook version of a kaiju. <laughs> I didn't realize that was a cat. I hit that cat in the butt with a hamburger. Oh, good job. I was trying to feed a giraffe. Oh, I, yeah. I thought they were giraffes so much. So you make your way back up to the parlor and Sir Jonathan Livingston Applesauce is there waiting for you. How did it go? We were under the misconception that those were giraffes. Oh, I thought that was a child's joke. I can see that now, how you would think that. And this is hilarious. Oh, did they eat? Are they good? Oh, yeah. We fed them and we played with them. And now they're having a nap. So wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, children. I cannot thank you enough. Oh, my darling children, Fawn and Victor and Henry. I'm so glad they're being taken care of. I just, <laughs> with a big grin, just sort of poke him in the tummy like the Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> Stop that. Fawn and Victor and Henry just now dawned on me. Oh, adorable. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. So good. It, those definitely weren't our pets. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Have you seen a a giant bee, capital B, with maybe sunglasses and a and a necklace? Those were pretty capital beasts down there. Yeah. I don't think that those were th- the 
capital B beast because there was only one and there were three of those in that menagerie. And they were nice. Like, it doesn't seem like they were trying to hunt us. A snail said that a beast would try to eat us or something. Oh, I would never let the beast in here. My babies are perfect angels. The beast lives in the forest. Oh, what is, what is it? A terrible monster. You said you are going to the well, correct? Yes. What is it you plan on doing there? Uh, we plan on wishing to go back home. Oh, yes. Good, good. The beast. The beast will try to stop you. Do not fall for his deception. Here, here, take this. Uh, and he goes to a drawer and takes something out of it. And Hyacinth, uh, he goes over to you and hands you a, like, a red rectangular crystal uh, that's on a string. And he says... This will grant you access to the ruins, but beware. The beast will lie. The beast will try and trick you and get you to let him in. You must not let this happen. Hey, hey, hey down here. Oh, yes. I need more verbs. What is the beast? Give me, verb me. Verb. (laughs) (laughs) The beast wishes more than anything to access the ruins and control its magic. Here, take this. I found this. A voice told me where to find this under a tree on my estate. I didn't know what it was for, but but I have a feeling it will help you. Okay, well, is where okay. we're going. Uh, I'm going to put the the red crystal necklace on, but it takes like one difficult minute to try to fit it around the cardboard box. That, <laughs> <laughs> there, uh, there's a clasp in the back. You could just, oh, never mind. I got it. I got it. Just. Hold on. All right. So uh, taking this crystal, you leave the Applesauce estate. Uh, You continue into the forest. Uh, Sir Jonathan Livingston Applesauce sets you back on the correct path. I boop his tummy before we go. (laughs) (laughs) And I think as we're walking away, I'm like, he didn't verb me enough. Oh, oh, uh, maybe I'm at adverb or adjective, which is the one that describes what a thing looks like. Um, paintings. No. I think you're thinking about adjectives. Adjective. Hey, adjective me. Oh, he's gone. There was an uncomfortable silence for me to to double check that I was <laughs> saying the correct uh, the correct aspect of grammar. <laughs> so you continue into the forest, uh, following the path for what feels like hours. It's actually starting to get a little bit dimmer out now. Uh, a gust of wind blows towards you as you walk forward, and you hear the voice return on the air. Help. Please help me, young travelers. You are close. The ruins await. Beware the beast. Do you think that's the beast? That the snail was the beast? No, the voice. Oh. Why would the beast tell us that we're going the right direction if the beast wants us to get lost? Because he wants to get inside the place. (gasps) Yes, Captain Applesauce or whatever said that he wanted to get in. And so maybe he's like, yeah, go over here, open the door and let me in. So I guess we should open it up really quickly and make sure that nothing else comes in with us? Yeah. Okay. And if it comes out, I'll distract it. Fergus, no. You have to stay safe or else Mom and Dad will be really mad at me. I promise I will do that. I think the compromise here is we've been talking to a lot of strangers that we're not supposed to talk to. I think it's okay as long as they have bodies. Don't talk to disembodied voices. Okay, only snails and giraffes. Cats. Mm-hmm. So continuing down the forest path, there seems to not only be more trees, but the forest in general is far more dense and more difficult to navigate here. Uh, bushes are overgrown, large rocks lay throughout the path, making it very dangerous, and you even almost twist your ankle a couple of times. Um, but there are even trees that have completely fallen across your pathway. As you come across a very large one obscuring your path, you can hear the voice again. Please help me. He is near. Where are you? We weren't supposed to talk to the voices. Oh. We just, like, 20 minutes ago. Uh, Okay, but what if we try to be scarier than the beast and scare him off? Hey, beast. I'm disrespecting your forest. See, now we're scarier. So what are you guys going to do to get past this tree? How high is the fallen tree? It's pretty big. Like, you can kind of see over it, but it's one of those ones where it's like the the bark is pretty rough, so like it might be difficult to to just scale. You you could try. Okay, I th- I think we've done this before. Uh, I will go over and stand like back against the tree and like put my legs out and my shoulders out and make myself squat and then put a hand down uh, for for Fergus to to crawl up me. 
Are you sure you don't want me to go first? That way you can pull me up by the plunger. Oh, who wants to be the lookout? I'll be the lookout. Okay, you go first. And I think for this maneuver, both of us take up the same position. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Since she is older than us and bigger. All right. Would you say that this is potatoes or molasses? Boy, it, it feels like describing it, it's molasses. But for us, it feels like potatoes. Like, I think this is a, we're, we're twin brothers. We try to get into places we shouldn't get into. And so it's a, a normal practiced maneuver. Yeah, it seems pretty structured. It doesn't yeah. feel very, like, inventive, but it's it's practical. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, let's say this is a potatoes move. Uh, who's rolling? Uh, oh. I'm... Ugh. Yeah, why don't you roll it? Okay. Okay, so this is potatoes. You want to roll under your number. Uh, what is your number again? Four. All right, so you want to get a four or a lower. And would you say that you are prepared or skilled for this? Oh, I think both. I think this is very practiced. Excellent. So give me 3d6. Okay. Uh, I did get my number and then one success. So uh, technically a four, a two, and then one that did not succeed. All right. So this works. Uh, This counts as a success and you get special insight into yourself, your emotions, and growing up. Ask the GM a question and they'll answer you honestly. Uh, I guess what can't I see about the situation? Uh, I think that... It seems like this tree was maybe put here on purpose, and you don't know if that means it's because it would force you off of the path uh, or not, but I think that you are able to gather from that that up and over seems to be a good way to go. Okay. So yeah, she's scaling us then. I think I'm just kind of humming. It's a trap. 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 Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and Hyacinth is able to get up and over this tree. Uh, And then are you just pulling them up? Uh, Yeah, I'd like to stay on top of the tree and then see if I can reach down. Yeah, you can just grab right onto the plunger. Yeah, and then I'll (laughs) grab onto his legs. Okay. Perfect. (laughs) Excellent. Catch of the day. (laughs) I'm very strong. I've been chucking you guys over fences. You're a robot. (laughs) I'm a robot. I'm using my robot arms. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, all three of you are able to get up and over this tree uh, and you continue down the path. So eventually making your way past the overgrowth, uh, you find yourselves at the base of what appears to be a very tall wall that stretches around the entirety of a large clearing. Uh, In front of you, you see a thick iron gate intricately designed with a square keyhole in the center. Uh, The wind blows, and again, you hear the voice on the wind, but this time from behind you and much more clearly. Thank you for coming. We must move. Uh, Quickly, open the gate before the beast arrives. I want to look at the crystal around my neck. Does it seem like it would fit in the keyhole? Uh, It does, and I think as you look around to see where the voice is, you see a young girl that's standing behind you, and it seems to be that's where the voice is coming from. Hi, where did you come from? I've been here waiting for you. Thank you for coming quickly, but really, we do need to get inside. Uh, I think I, like, ta-ching, 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 and I draw my squirt gun. Are you the beast? (laughs) And as he's going it behind him, I'm just very quietly, it's a trap, it's a trap, it's a trap. If you're the beast, you have to tell us, right? (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, it's entrapment. (laughs) What? No. My name is Rowena. I lived in this town. The beast arrived and he tried to take the well for himself. He destroyed the town. The well protected itself by banishing everyone to outside the walls, cursing them to a half-existence and transporting the key to somewhere unknown to us. And you can see that as she stands there... She just looks like a normal girl, but as she moves, she kind of becomes transparent a little bit. The beast desperately wants to return and captures travelers to do his bidding, to find the key and grant him entrance. But if I can get to the well first, I can wish for the beast to be destroyed once and for all, and for the safe return of my family. That sounds like something the beast would say. Please, there's no time. He's so close, I can feel it. We share the same curse. So what if we go in and wish the beast away? But you're lost travelers, aren't you? Uh Uh-huh. You need to wish yourselves home. Dang it. Well, there's three of us. Can't we get three wishes? You don't know what happened here. It has to be a very specific wish. It's not just a wish. It's a dream. The well makes dreams come true, and it is my dream to see the return of my family and to save my town. Please. 
I think there's a little thought bubble where I'm dreaming about being an actual narwhal. Oh no! And just we can't, utterly we missed can't the let last him part use of the well. <laughs> I'm at a loss. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't trust this little girl. But it may just be because I'm a seven year old boy. And I don't trust girls. I like how it sounds like Rigby just yeah. grew up real quick. I don't hey know. guys, <laughs> this girl makes me feel things I'm uncomfortable with. <laughs> I feel like a change has happened within me. Maybe I grew up a little and learned something about myself. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm gonna oh. keep walking backwards towards the building with my with my squirt gun drawn at the girl. I think I want to go over to the store, and my priority is to keep my two brothers safe. So I think once I get the store open, I just want to race for the well and try to get there first before that little girl. Uh, okay, so go ahead and roll for me here. Do you think this is a potatoes or molasses roll? Oh, I mean, opening doors seems pretty mundane, but racing into an unknown city with a beast sounds like it might need a lot of bravery, a lot of molasses. It does feel daring and exploring and risky. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. I, th- I, think, uh, I think let's go with molasses on this. So uh, one more time, Kim, what's your number? My number is five. Oh, boy. Okay, so you want to roll over your number. So you're going to need a five or a six. Would you say mm-hmm. you are prepared or skilled for this? I don't know if I'm prepared. I would say that I'm skilled. I'm pretty good at chasing my brothers around, so I think I'm pretty fast. Good call. All right, yeah. Go ahead and give me a roll then, 2d6. Okay. A four and a two. Can we help out? How does that work in this game? Okay, so helping out, uh, if you want to help someone who's rolling, say how you try to help and make a roll. If you succeed, replace one of their dice with an automatic success. I, I think that if she starts sprinting towards the door, and if the little ghost girl starts following... I, I try to shoot the little ghost girl with a squirt gun to see if that distracts them. All right. That feels pretty molasses-y. Do you feel like you're prepared or skilled for this? Uh, have squirt gun. will travel. <laughs> All right. So 3d6. <laughs> give me a roll. What's your number again? Uh, my molasses is two. All right. So you want to roll over your number. So two or higher, please. A one, a two, and a four. All right. So you had two succeed. So you do it well. Good job. Uh, but you also rolled your number. So you get potatoes with molasses. Uh, so you get a success and a special insight into yourself, your emotions, and growing up. Ask the GM a question, and they'll answer you honestly. What can I see about this person? Uh, I don't think that there's anything underlying here. I think it's more about like what you can see. You can see that in her ghost girl eyes, she's being honest. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think that like as... And insulted as you spray water at her and it goes through her half-cursed body. (laughs) Oh, I've made made an error. He says that as I'm about to swing my jump rope whip through her and I kind of stop myself. Oh, oh. Uh, all right. Well, that is a complete success uh, for one of Kim's dice then. Okay. All right. So with one success, Kim, you barely manage it. The GM inflicts a complication, harm, or cost. Uh, so I think you you do get this gate open and you start running towards this well. Um, and I think you trip over a root coming out of the ground uh, and, and hit the ground. Oh, man. My cardboard box robot is all dented on one side now. <laughs> And uh, the boys here hear you kind of yelp out as you fall and hit the ground. Oh, sis, are you okay? Uh, yeah, come on. We got to get to the well. Yeah, she's okay, too. The, the This girl's a real ghost girl, not the beast in disguise. I'm sorry. I shot you with my squirt gun. And oh, hmm. she says, it's all right. Please hurry. Let's go. Okay. And you all uh, rush in over to Hyacinth to help her up. Uh, And as you make your way towards the well, Rowena says, Finally, I can banish the beast and return my town to what it was before. But from behind you, at the front of the gate, you hear a low laugh. Ha, 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 ha. And you turn around and you see a large snail shell laying in a pool of black liquid. And the liquid begins moving and growing and coalescing and it grows taller and taller and starts taking the form of a person still completely made of black liquid but with these two huge glowing red eyes thank you children 
I could not have done this better myself. You found the key and opened the gate. Thank you. Wait, so you were the snail? I told you, a shell is a very good thing to have. And I think you see him slam his hands on the ground. And he says, Oh, Rowena, I don't think you'll be getting there first. And you can see this black liquid start to pour out over the ground towards you. And it reaches Rowena and grabs her and roots her to the ground. I'll stop his wish. You get the girl. And I want to start running towards the, like, whatever, the the beef of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The beef of him. Yeah. <laughs> the the central form location. And I am shoveling some uh ground ball grape into my mouth as I run. Okay. Yeah, go ahead and give me a roll. I'd say this is uh this is pretty daring and a risky unorthodox solution. So this is gonna be a molasses roll. Okay. And your number is four, correct? Correct. All right, so you're gonna want to roll a four or higher. Would you say you are prepared or skilled? Uh, I'm chewing bubblegum. Very skilled. I don't think I was prepared for the situation, though, honestly. All right. So give me 2d6. Okay. I came here to chew bubblegum and chew bubblegum. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got lots of bubblegum. Five. Just one success. Awesome. So you barely manage it. Um, what does this look like? What are you doing? Uh, as I get up close, I want to spit this big gumball onto his face or the closest approximation of his mouth and uh, do so and quickly cry out, try making a wish now, gum face. Good. Excellent. Okay, so I think he uh, he reels back a little bit and I think you can see his grasp on Rowena lessens a bit, but also you look down and your feet are rooted to the ground and you can see this black liquid start to climb up your legs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, good. So while... Fergus was running towards the beast. I want to take my roll of duct tape and start wrapping it around Rowena and then try to pull her. I'm trying to make like a makeshift rope out of duct tape and pull her out of the goo. Fantastic. Okay. This feels, uh, oh goodness. I don't know. What would you say? Is this potatoes or molasses? Um, it feels potato-y to me. Like this is a protection move. Yeah, I almost said molasses because you're making a rope out of duct tape, but also that's uh like it seems like you kind of know what you're doing here and it it's meant to save somebody as opposed to uh I don't know, create something. Yeah. I mean, and my and my character style is also inventive, so this definitely feels like something that I'm very comfortable with. A, a well-tested thing. Yes. Excellent. All right. So this is potatoes. So you are wanting to roll under your number, which is a five, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. And skilled and prepared? I would definitely say that I'm prepared. Okay. And I mean, like, if, if this is something that you've done before, then I would argue that you're skilled as well. If you want to give me three dice, I'll take three dice. I think uh, <laughs> with what you've established here, yeah, I think you're going to go with three dice. So give me 3d6 and you want to roll five or lower. A six, a five, and a five. Nice. But her number is five, so she also gets potatoes with molasses. So that's a success, and you get a special insight. So what does this look like, and what's your question? With just, like, a pop, right, as the goo is starting to lessen around Rowena, gives me just enough that I can successfully just yank her out of uh, whatever sort of tar-like substance has her. And then I think I see Fergus, and my question is... Does it have to be something from the list? No. Uh, those are just some good questions. Okay. Then my question is, how can I best protect Fergus? Help Rowena because she's trying to get rid of the beast. And you know that if the beast overtakes him, you most likely will not get him back. Okay. Because my instinct is to go after Fergus. But I think knowing that Rowena wants to wish this beast away, then I want to pull Rowena out uh, and free her and then just start trying to push her towards the well. Uh, yeah, you do this duct tape rope and you pull her free from this liquid uh, and she hits the ground and gets up and starts running as fast as she can. Uh, but you do see that this liquid is also rushing on the ground and it seems like the beef of him, of the beast. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the beef um, of the beast. <laughs> 
We call that beefst. <laughs> is shifting from over where Fergus is through the ground to match up with Rowena. And it seems like he is running alongside her, both of them making their way to this well. Do we, and we can see the well? Yes. I'm going to run with Hyacinth and like when we roller skate, I'm I'm going to have us stop and use that momentum to fling her to like see if we can launch her. We're going to crack the whip and yes, push her Yes, we're going to crack the whip. Excellent. Excellent. I love it. All right. All right. Is this a is this a potatoes or molasses roll? Again, this isn't my roll, but I it really feels like molasses here to I mean, this is literally a Hail Mary. This is literally a I hope this works launch. Like it seems pretty molasses-y to me personally. I mean, I would agree. I feel like this is kind of, quote, risky, unorthodox solutions. Okay, I'll take it. All right, so let's go with molasses. Uh, you are wanting to roll over your number, which is a two, correct? Yes. Prepared or skilled? I don't think I'm prepared, but I think I'm skilled. I think that we have cracked the whip on Hyacinth more than once. <laughs> <laughs> All right, excellent. So give me a 2d6. Four and a five. Yes. Wonderful. So two dice succeed and you do it well. Good job. So what does this look like? It's it's exactly that. Like we're running and we stop and we both wrench our arms and, and pull her forward and past us and just give her advantage on the beast towards the well. Absolutely. And you crack the whip and send her ahead and she gets to the well just moments before the beast and she looks him dead in the eye and then reaches into her dress pocket and pulls out a small doll, closes her eyes, holds it to her chest and drops it in the well. And then suddenly there is a flash of light from inside the well and you hear a scream as the black liquid the beast has spread out across this total area just evaporates into this gray mist. I have the plunger off of my head and I was getting ready to drive it into his face and just just screaming. Ha-ha! Oh, okay. Plunge in his face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Just plunge in the beef of the beast over here. God. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, Fergus, you are completely freed, and I think as you look around you, this place is no longer ruins. It is a lovely town, very cute little cottage-style houses, and this well is surrounded by just the most beautiful flowers. You see Rowena standing there, no longer ghostly, but an actual girl, still with a duct tape rope around her waist. Hey, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much for your help. We've done it. Yeah. Can we go home now? Oh, yes. I have to go find my family. Everything should be as it was, and the bee should no longer be a problem here, but... Uh, quickly, come over here. And she beckons you over to the well. To use the well, all you have to do is give up something dear to you to the well. That might be a possession. It might be a memory or a thought. The well isn't particularly picky in that sense. Just something that's dear to you. I have to go find my family now, but that's all. That's all there is to it. Thank you. Thank you again. Uh, as she's going, I give her my squirt gun. It's not a doll, but... It, you'll have fun with it. I'm sorry I shot you. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. This is very sweet. And she hugs all of you and leaves. I watch my roll of duct tape just sort of drag behind her on the ground. Six slit eyes. She walks away with this roll of duct tape and then she's swinging the toy gun around on her finger and then like, <laughs> like puts it in her holster. <laughs> you can hear in the distance. Well, I mean, if we got a... If we got to do something, I think about it like this. I have a really good time everywhere, you know, because it's like really neat to go around and do stuff with you guys. And this uh -huh. was like the coolest thing we've ever done. If it'll get us home, I'll forget about this. And that would be okay because whatever else I do next will be my favorite thing that's ever happened. Do we each do, we each do it? I don't know. I want to shout at the well. Do we each have to give up a thing? Uh, I think you just see a faint light from the bottom of the well. Just blink once. You didn't tell it blink once for yes, twice for no first. That's true. But I think it blinked once because we only have to give up one thing. Context clues. Yes. Fergus, I can't let you give up the memory of this place. Well, sister, I'll tell you what. And then I, I kind of grab her by the robot shoulder and spin her and push her away. And I jump up onto the edge of the well. And 
Just start thinking at it. Make my memory of this go away and take us home. And you give up this dear memory of this adventure. And we see a bright light begin in the bottom of the well and rise up higher and higher and higher. And it fills all of your visions. And when you open your eyes, you are in your beds. (sighs) Did you have a weird dream? Nope. And this has been (laughs) Potatoes and Molasses. (laughs) Excellent. Well, remind us uh, where we can find this game. Uh, Yeah. So again, Potatoes and Molasses is a love letter to the show Over the Garden Wall. Uh, It's a lasers and feelings hack and is written by Suavomir Vujicic. And you can find it at tentaclethory.itch.io forward slash potatoes dash molasses. All right. Thank you so much for joining us this month as we played through four one-page RPGs. Join us next week as we do the Season 3 Q&A in preparation for the launch of Season 4, the first Wednesday of August. We'll see you next week. The Crit Show is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz with music by Jake Purley. You can find more information about us at thecritshowpodcast.com. To keep up to date with upcoming live shows, contests, and other special events, follow us at The Crit Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For even more weekly content, join us at patreon.com slash thecritshow. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. How much do you know about cryonic preservation? Cryonic preservation. The preservation of human beings at extreme low temperature. You mean like like uh, Walt Disney? No, I swear to God, if you say anything about Walt Disney's frozen head, I'm hanging up this phone right now. Swear to me. Never heard of the Red Valley Seabolt until I just told you. I swear. You swear. Could you take your hand off my knee? Look, Warren, if they're sending the butter wouldn't melt new boy looking for Red Valley, it'll be for a reason. Trust me. People are losing their lives in this company. We pulled him out too soon. He is awakening exactly as we planned. He's dying on me! We're all murderers here. Bryony, you, me, that doorman probably. Guy on the corner there with a the neck tattoo. I bet he's killed someone. Would you like to cut his head off? I'm sorry. The sword is funny. Gordon, why are you sharing this stuff with me? Why are you smiling? I don't know. I smile when things get awkward. Get in your golden bullet, pick me up. You want to go to Red Valley? You want to go to Red Valley? Red Valley. Red Valley. Red Valley. Red Valley. Red Valley. Red Valley Valley is available on all podcast providers. Do you want to continue?